0: Welcome back to another episode of Discovery Call. I am your host, Danny Hamlin, and I am sliding in a little extra bonus episode for the month of June. So when I look back on the month of June, I can see that we really had an emphasis on marketing and specifically cold emails. And how do we as businesses reach out to our ideal client in their inbox? Now, many people I know have probably come from the corporate world where they were forced to do this on a regular basis and just want to cringe inside, (laughs) but Adam really makes this seem like something that is not dead and if used in a proper way, it's very effective. One thing that you'll learn about Adam is that whenever you sit down and talk to him, a fair question is to ask, where are you in the world right now? He is a digital nomad that makes discovery calls happen through his email strategies. So without further ado, let's meet Adam and learn a little bit more of what he does and how he does it. Welcome to Discovery Call Podcast, where we are all about connecting business owners with their next person to meet their outsourcing needs business owners, I know it can be hard to find that right person when you are ready to outsource your business. So come here, listen in a discovery call, get to know someone and find your next person even faster. But service providers, this podcast is for you too. We get to cheer each other on, learn from each other, and honestly grow our network even more. So everyone tune in because I know you are ready to finally level up your business and this is the place that will help you do so. All right, welcome to the podcast, Adam. Can you tell our guests a little about who you are, where you're at right now, and what
1: you do? So, my main focus now, and you you know, you asked where I am. So right now I'm in Austin, Texas. I've been here for a few weeks. I'll be here for a couple more weeks before I go on to the next, next location, but I'm a digital nomad, quote unquote. I have an online business where we set up sales appointments for startups and some larger companies as well. And we do it all through cold email email outreach. So we send out cold emails on behalf of our customers. We manage the inbox, we do the follow-ups. And then when someone wants to talk to our customers, we just put it on their calendar.
0: And you can pretty much do that everywhere. So I just love the fact that you travel. So can you tell us a little bit, like, where have you been? What has been your most recent travels?
1: Yes, I was in uh, I was in Italy and then I went to Switzerland. Then I was in New York for a bit. Then I went out to uh, Hawaii for a few months. Austin will end up being about five weeks. And then the plan is to go to uh, Israel, Tel Aviv for a bit. And then I'll go to Cyprus for a few months, which is a teeny tiny island in the Mediterranean. And then the plan is to go back to Europe for the summertime in the south of France.
0: Okay, that is absolutely fascinating. I love it. <laughs> yes. All right. I think I met you in Hawaii. So I think that's where I connected with you. So that is so cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, I probably had a I probably had a better tan and a better view, but it's okay. <laughs> that's,
0: that's all right. Awesome. Really break down this process because you know, when we talk about discovery calls and this is the name of the podcast, it's really all about getting them onto that call and really selling whatever it is that you're doing. And half the battle. Is getting the people actually on the call. And that is really what you focus on. So, what is that biggest hurdle that people have to overcome to honestly even get on that call?
1: Yeah. So, we focus, we specialize in cold email outreach. It's what we did with our tech startup. It's how we got all of our big customers. We got MasterCard as a client because my business partner cold emailed their CEO, Ajay Banga, who was gracious enough to get on a few phone calls, my business partner to mentor him. And then it turned into a client uh, in MasterCard becoming a client for us. So we've always leveraged cold email. And that's when I, I remember how I was having a conversation with one of the tech startups I'd been advising. This was just over a year ago now, and he said, Hey, My head of sales is struggling to get meetings on the books. Can you talk to her? And I found out what her challenge was on the email side of the house. And that's when I decided to start email outreach company with my business partner. And to your question about what are the biggest challenges? Number one, it's just even getting over that psychological hurdle of cold email doesn't work. And I hear that all the time. Email doesn't work. It's dead. And in a way, they're right. Cold email doesn't work just like Instagram ads don't work or billboards don't work or Spotify ads don't work or newspaper ads don't work or whatever that is. They don't work if we don't know what we're doing. And we were forced to learn it the hard way. So, I mean, there's a number of common mistakes that people make when it comes to cold emailing, but the first, frankly, is just that psychological hurdle of does this actually work? And then what are those just simple fundamentals that you need to do in order to make it work?
0: Excellent. So yeah, that first thing is honestly getting over the fact that this does work, right? It's just, there's an art to it. Like one trick. I don't want to give them all away because this is your business, but like, what is one trick when it comes to cold emailing that really helps people even just reach out?
1: Yeah. And first I love giving all the tricks. If I can help you all sell better, get more people uh, on appointments I, and depending on who's listening, whether you're a small business, a startup, maybe work in sales, maybe work at a big company, whatever that is. I, I just, I love sellers. I love small business. I love startups. So if it helps you guys sell better, even if I don't make a penny from it, I, I really don't care. So I'm happy to give all the tricks that I possibly can. So the, the first common mistakes that people make is number one, the great thing with cold email is you can get as targeted and as niche as you want. So, if you want to reach out to sales managers at Fortune 1000 companies, you can narrow in on just sales managers at Fortune 1000 companies. Like you can get very niche. So, number one, it's getting niche and knowing who your audience is. Who is your market? Who is your potential buyer? Number two, can we please keep emails short, sweet, and to the point? Emails, especially cold emails, should never be more than four, five, or six sentences tops. Every sentence should be on its own line. Make it easy for them to read. How do we make clear subject lines? Let's not try to get all, you know, goofy and try to trick someone into opening an email. Just be clear and to the point. And then what is that problem that what is the purpose? Why are you emailing them? What's the problem or pain that they might have? What is your solution? What is your social proof and then what is your simple and clear call to action? So do you have 15 minutes to chat? So those are just some of the very basic fundamentals that we use that we've seen good success with Excellent.
0: I love the the subject line because sometimes you think okay cute let's be funny, let's be quirky, but actually that does not do much. I remember in the copywriting world it's like you know cute doesn't actually sell <laughs> within you know within reason but it guess depends on your your niche. If you're selling baby products, maybe it's a little different, right? So it's just like, yeah, be direct and make it very clear what the email is about right from the beginning. I like that. All right. So I bet you have some listeners who are listening in. And one of the questions they might be thinking is, okay, Adam, what you do sounds awesome, but how do I know if you could really make that work for my industry or my niche? you just kind of do cold emailing for anyone or are you really narrowed down to like a specific niche or industry?
1: The two main sets of people that we don't work with is one, if you're B2C and two, if you have a very niche audience. So part of cold emailing is it is a numbers game. So You know, if there's only about a thousand people or so to reach out to, it's not going to be a good fit to work together. doesn't mean you couldn't still leverage cold email yourself. We just want to be a good partner to work together. But uh, we like to work with anyone who's B2B. And as long as you have a large enough audience to reach out to, it can work across industries. You know, we have clients that uh, we have some that do workshops for corporate companies around health and wellness. We have some that... uh, sell a machine into hospitals and healthcare centers that kills viruses. We have some that have a talent acquisition software, a tech company. It's like, it can work for anybody, uh, but we specialize in B2B, um, as well as in, uh, you know, people that have a large enough niche or large enough audience to reach out to.
0: And there's another part of your business that I think is fascinating is that you know about outsourcing, right? So part of your business is outsourcing and having other... Um, independent contractors come alongside you. What has been your experience with that?
1: Yeah, it's been something that we have we were not good at uh, and I was not good at in my, my previous days. And the reason why is when you're outsourcing, you're working with people that aren't in the office, they're not by you every day. It's so critical that you are absolutely clear, that you have crystal clarity with them, that the instructions are laid out, the expectations are laid out, the systems are laid out, the processes are laid out. You have to be crystal clear with that. And that was something that I was not good at. Now, my business partner and I, because we're both traveling around the world, and our entire team is from all different parts of the world as well, I've never met any of them in person. I may never meet any of them in person, but we have good relationships. We're able to communicate you know, via Slack, email, Zoom, all that stuff. But because we are completely virtual, it's forced us to get uh, really strong at building simple clear systems that are also reputable.
0: Excellent. I hear that over and over again. Get those SOPs in order, have them ready to go because it makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Very good. And for those businesses that are really thinking of outsourcing for the first time, what would be that first hire that you really think that could make that difference?
1: Yeah, w- w- one of the things I do on the side is I, I do a lot of coaching with small businesses. And uh, I have this conversation with them a lot because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, especially, we just want to put everything on our plate. Hey, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. And what I always encourage them to do is anytime you're doing a task and it feels like a monotonous task, it feels like a task that you don't want to do. It doesn't feel like a high value task. I want you to write it down. And then after you write it down, I want you to think of a couple of things. Number one, is there a technology that can automate this for me? So for example, if I'm transit, let's say I do a Facebook ad and I get a Facebook lead from Facebook, but I need to put it into a Google sheet. Am I manually taking it from Facebook ad to Google sheet, or am I leveraging a tool like Zapier to just automatically connect it? So one, is there a way for me to create, use technology to automate something? Two, is there something that I can delegate? So maybe it's data entry. Nobody listening to this should be doing data entry. There's great people all around the world for a few dollars an hour or $5 an hour that can do this data entry for you. We'll do a great job and we'll love to do that work for you. And then number three, is it even worthwhile for us to do? Is it actually going to add value to any of my big goals that I have? So anytime we're doing any of these monotonous tasks that drag and drain our energy, we got to stop doing it because I guarantee there's a solution that could take it off our plate.
0: I love looking at this stuff that way of what is that monotonous thing that you keep doing over and over and over again that honestly, do you really need to do it? You don't. Mm -hmm. There's a way to find another way of doing it. What would you say to someone who is just starting out in their business? Uh, Let's say, let's take a videographer, for example, and they're they marketing just makes their blood go cold. They are just, this is not their jam, but they really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. What would you say is that first thing that you should focus on in order to even get on those discovery calls?
1: We all have to figure no matter what our business is, photography business, uh, you're an accountant, you're trying to start a tech company, it doesn't matter. It's what is your place in this world, right? So what is, the, what, is what is the problem that you solve? And Why are you better than your competitors? Once we get crystal clear on that, then we can approach our audience in a way that would have them get on a phone call with us, get, have them take a meeting with us. But we have to first figure out what makes us different. Because even if we get on those phone calls, if we have no unique selling point, if we don't understand why we're different, why we're better, then it's going to be a real big challenge for us anyway. So in terms of just getting on the phone, we first have to just figure out what is our niche? What are we great at? What makes us different and who is our ideal buyer that could benefit from our service? If we don't figure that out. That's really the foundation to everything.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's not about looking like everyone else and trying to find out was that person over there doing. I'm just going to do that. You have to really differentiate yourself, especially in this online marketing world and, and everything. You really just stand out in your own
1: unique way. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're all bombarded with ads constantly we're, we, we have so much stuff coming at us and people are willing to give us a chance. They're willing to hop on a phone call. They're willing to take a meeting because they have problems that they're looking for solutions to. But it's just, how are we able to present that solution in a way that will resonate with them and that will make it easy for them to buy easy for them to say yes.
0: So I'm sure there's going to be someone here who's going to reach out to you. What does that process look like? How do you onboard clients? Are there different levels of packages?
1: Yeah. For us, we try to make things very simple. So for number one, in in terms of working with us as a client, and I feel like everyone should do this. So I hope everyone that has their own business should do this. Cause I used to not be like this. When I'm a tech startup, frankly, I used to work with some companies that I didn't really want to work with. And what do I mean by that? Like on a Monday morning, if we would have a phone call, I'd say, Hey, how are you doing? And some of them would say, Hey, what do you think? It's Monday. Monday suck. I'm not happy. It's a Monday. I'm like, I don't want to be talking to people like that. No disrespect, but that's just not the type of energy that I want to be surrounded with. Um, but I did it because I felt like I had to. Now I try to be very picky with who works with us. And I hope that everyone else listening does the same thing. So number one, it's always feeling out. Is this a good fit? Can we actually add value and not just add value for a month or three months, but can we be a long time customer? We used to struggle with my tech startup with getting customers to renew. We had poor product market fit. Now, our whole focus is getting less customers, but making sure that they're the happiest customers in the world. And they want to keep giving us more money because we're providing more value. So that's number one is just figuring out if it's a good fit. And then if it is a good fit, it's a pretty simple onboarding for us. We take care of all those details that no one else wants to take care of. We help you, you know, set up the email address that we have access to. We, do, we take care of all the details. It's actually a very easy onboarding for our customers.
0: Adam, what is it that you are learning right now?
1: So my main focus in terms of a learning right now, I'll give a business focus and I'll give a personal focus. So my main focus on the business side is around the systems piece because I feel like the systems piece is so important. It's what we've done a good job at. Now we now that we do have hints of product market fit and we are doing well. How do we take this thing to the next level? How do we create better systems to make sure that our team can do this at scale? How can we create better systems to get new customers to onboard new customers? So creating the new systems is a huge, huge huge thing for me. Um, so that's on the business side is just, we got to become masters at systems if we want to be living a life we're all over the world. So that's that on the business side, on the personal side, it's about just for me, my challenge to myself is always around. How do I continue to find joy everywhere that I am? And, um, I feel very blessed to be doing what I'm doing right now and being able to experience so many different parts of the world and meet so many different types of people. I feel so blessed with that. Um, but I always try to, how can I be more grateful? How can I experience more joy? Um, cause I know there's gonna be a time that I'm looking back on this and I'm gonna say, wow, that was such a blessing, such a gift. So for me, it's trying to find joy in where I am and not always thinking about, you know, where I want to be.
0: Yes. Excellent. Be fully present where you are. That is key. Adam, thank you so much. If anyone wants to reach out to you, where do you hang out the most online? Obviously probably email, but where are you at?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm most active in terms of social media on Instagram. You can find me at Adam I Rosen. You can find me on LinkedIn, you know, backslash in backslash Adam I Rosen. You can uh, check out our website if you want, eocworks.com. And you can email me if you like at adam at eocworks.com.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Adam. It was awesome having you on the podcast.
1: No, thanks for having me, Danielle. And and like I said earlier, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. So thanks for having me on.
0: Well, it was awesome having Adam on the podcast today. And I love the fact that he mentioned that email is not dead. And there are so many ways in which we can leverage emailing in our businesses that we may not be thinking about right now or just makes us honestly uncomfortable to really think of trying to climb that mountain. So I know that Adam would be more willing to talk to anybody about this. And if you are interested in hiring him to help your business move forward in this area, I know he would love to talk to you. So without further ado, I am just so thankful that you joined me for this little bonus episode today. And I will see you next week on another discovery call.